Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What's up, y'all? This is Nina Perez, and this is Straight Talk, No Sugar Added. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. You know I go around this amazing planet finding the best humans on it to come on here to grow, challenge, and transform your thinking. And I found a really cool chick, let me tell you, okay? Me and her are having some fun already. Her name is Diane Wingert, and she's a business strategist and coach helping entrepreneurial women unlock their brilliance so that they can create a profitable sought after business in their zone of genius. So you already know this is going to be a good conversation. Hi, Diane. How are you? <laughs> I, I have been so looking forward to this and we are going to have fun and change lives as you That's have already right. promised. That's right. You know, I, I love having conversations like this because I feel like, you know, strategists, coaches, like all of us are really trying to just pull the brilliance out of people. And it's just, a I think, you know, podcasting or, or this is a great way and a great platform to do that. Right. So I'm glad you're here. I cannot wait to get into our conversation, but Diane, before we get started, I always like to ask, who are you? Who is Diane? Let us know. First and foremost, I am a survivor. It was one of the reasons why I think you and I just naturally were meant to connect and uh, and make magic together. Um, I grew up in an extremely abusive, chaotic, mm. adoptive family where kids were coming and going, and I was determined to survive it and get the heck out of there. And mm-hmm. so I did. That was just the beginning of a very interesting life. I've been married three times. I have three kids. I usually have three books on my nightstand at any given time. And until recently, I had three dogs. Apparently, I like the number three. three. I'm, also, I'm, I'm also in my third career. 
Right. Isn't that fun? Um, I, I not not all the other stuff, but the third career part. <laughs> it all it all helps you grow, girl. Yeah, it all it helps really you grow. Does. It really does. Do you mind if we get a little bit into um like some of the challenges that you've had to overcome? Like what were those traumas and challenges that you've you saw like I gotta get out of here? What was that? You know, starting all the way back in childhood, I had an abusive, adoptive mother and an absent father. And we happen to live in a very nice neighborhood where a lot of mm -hmm. people don't think abuse happens. And of course, no one's looking for it. Right. Um, I think I, I realized early on that if I was going to survive my childhood, I was going to have to do something that I'll be honest, I'm not proud of. And that is save myself. I was one of the older children in this family and it was, I was marshalling all of my inner resources to get through it, to do what I needed to do, to do well in school so that I could go to college and move on with my life. But what that meant was that I had a lot of what shrinks will call survivor guilt. I could uh, not save any of those other kids. And frankly, I didn't even try, which is why my second career, which lasted for over 25 years was as a psychotherapist working with abused and neglected kids. Wow. Wow. So, so that, well, first of all, right. Have you given yourself some grace on that, you know, growing up and having to survive? I'm sure you have, right? As a psychotherapist, yes. right? No, no, no. I've, I've done my own therapy for years yeah, and yeah. 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 Cause that's tough, right? Diane. I mean, I, I do get that. Um, I do. Cause when I left my mother's home, I think I was like, 16 or something. And I never looked mm -hmm. back. I never went back. Same. I never looked back, you know, so my siblings stayed with my mom and I visited once in a whatever moon. Um, and, but I did the same. I think sometimes it is survival. It, it's literally what you're trying to do is just get your head above water. And at the time I had a kid too, cause I had a child at 15 years old. So it was mm -hmm. me and him trying to survive. So I, I totally get that. Yeah. So what, what made you look back and say, okay, I, I really need to do something to help those that are struggling with, with, um, with abuse. What made you do that? You know, I, I had a point where my first career was in medical sales. It was very lucrative. At that time, I was one of very few women who was mm -hmm, selling mm -hmm. orthopedic implants because it was, because it was lucrative. It was totally male dominated. I don't have to explain that to you. Right. Right. So, um, I, but I also was married and had several young kids. So I was on the road a lot. I was away from home a lot and I was contributing a lot to the family. But you know, I had I had a lot of conflict in myself about not mm -hmm. being with my family as much as I wanted to be. And then I had a pretty serious car accident, one that left me mm -hmm. unable to work for over a year. During that time, I had a little bit of a, I guess you could call it a spiritual awakening. And I realized that that accident could have ended my life and it didn't. And if all I do is recover from this physical trauma and go right, right back to the life I had before, I think I'm missing the point. Mm -hmm. So I, I started doing some volunteer work in a local family services agency. They assigned me immediately to work with abused women and their children. Next thing you know, I was almost like counseling people with no training, no degree, because right. the, the need was so life. great. Mm -hmm. and, and I realized, number one, I was really good at it. Right. And number two, it infused me with much more of a sense of meaning than increasing the market share for my employer ever did in medical sales. Mm -hmm. So I told my then husband, um, I want to go back to school. I want to get a master's in social work and, and I want to start 
you know, helping people. And it, it became a very, you know, I didn't go back thinking I want to work with abuse and neglected kids. Right. It, it sort of found me once I got into the field and I was extremely gifted at it because I'd been through it. I understood it. I recognized it. I survived it. So mm. I had credibility with those kids. I think what was hard for me, Nina, is that the system is pretty effed up. Yeah. And oftentimes, because of mandates, we are returning kids to the very families that traumatized them to begin with. Mm -hmm, the kids mm -hmm. gotten tons of therapy, but maybe the family hasn't really progressed. And that was really hard for me because believe it or not, after all I've been through in life, I'm still very idealistic. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it must be really tough too, right? Because, you know, at some point you almost kind of give up on the system too, because it's just such an uphill battle. And it's something like, you know, I think we all try to like chip away at some of the things that we see. Um, but it is a battle. And so let me go back a little bit, though. Sure. So when you had your accident, um, and you were home, that must have been a, a really hard impact on your family, right? Because, mm -hmm. you know, you also said your business was very lucrative. So I'm sure that that hurt it in that way, too. Did you did you find that very difficult that year to get through? Besides the physical? To be honest with you, I think the, well, first of all, I never fully recovered from that accident. So mm -hmm. in a nutshell, I have been living with chronic pain since 1987. Wow. Um, I've had tons and tons of treatment. I've seen multiple, you know, neurosurgeons who all basically told me I wouldn't touch you with a 10 foot pole because if the surgery didn't go well, you would be a paraplegic. So I just decided to live with it. And that, that's a whole mm -hmm. other conversation, whole right. other journey. But it wasn't so much the financial impact um, because it, it did happen while I was at work. So they couldn't fire me. Right. It was basically being impaired and limited physically and most of all, psychologically being mm -hmm. in a dependent position. You're mm -hmm. a fellow badass. You have been through some mm -hmm. major league shit and you know very well that a big part of your personality that developed was this strong you know, self-sufficient human being. So I was neither strong nor self-sufficient. And that was the that's hardest hard. part for yeah, me to deal with. Hard. Yeah. I felt dependent and I yeah. hate that feeling. Right. <laughs> hate it. Right. Still do. <laughs> right. I'm just going to say, how you feeling about that today, Diane? Still hate it. <laughs> it's so true, isn't it? It's so true. I've, I've learned throughout the years to soften a little bit because it was hard on my marriage to be always so headstrong. Yes. But, um, but I still am. I still am. It's just innate. It's in me. Right. Yes. So I think that's the survival thing, right? You start to learn skills and survival tactics that really can serve you really well, serves you well in life if you use it the right way. And right? So. if you, and if you develop the self-awareness to realize that mm -hmm. this was necessary to see me through Yep. And now it is no longer skillful. So it's up to me to kind of dial back on some of that, yeah. like you say, headstrong and, yeah. and so forth, because it does make it hard for relationships, including your marriage. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm on my second marriage because of I'm on my third, darling. <laughs> totally get that. So Diane, tell me, how did you shift then? How did you go from, you know, working with the traumatized children and everything to now really wanting to impact women and taking out their zone of genius? What, what happened there? Well, it's one of my favorite stories because what I realize is that every woman who's fortunate enough to live to midlife 
goes through some major transformation. You yeah. look like you're about that age, so you know exactly yeah. what I'm talking yeah. about. When we hit midlife and the hormones are raging and you know the kids are growing up, everything on your dance card comes up for review. Mm -hmm. I think it's biological, psychological, sociological. It, it's just normal. So when right. I hit midlife, I had another one of these awakenings. The first one was the accident. And I thought, well, I'm not doing anything meaningful with my life. And if I were to have died, I feel like kind of embarrassed of myself that I didn't spend my one human life on something more important. So then I spent 25 years. I was a psychotherapist. I was a professor of social work. I trained hundreds of people to come into the field and do what I do. I'm very wow. proud of that work. I'm yeah. proud of the, the programs that I created and all the families that I impacted, some of whom are still in contact with me so many years later. So good. But once I went through my own midlife wake up call, if you will, I realized that I felt like I had paid back, you know, like you talk about pay it yeah. forward, pay it back. Yeah. I felt like I had done what I needed to do to help other people who were at that level of human struggle. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And what I really wanted to do next was shift the conversations I was having from problems to possibilities. Oh, that's good. And that I realized meant that I had outgrown my role as a as a therapist, and I had actually grown into the role of a coach. So mm -hmm. I decided to make it official, went through the training and certification, and have continued on. And initially, it was life coaching. Mm -hmm. But that really felt so much like therapy to me, right. that, that I decided <laughs> what's really the most empowering thing I can do is to help other women create and grow their own successful, sustainable business because I've been through two divorces, because I know that women live longer than men, because I know most of the people below the poverty line who are adults are women. Mm -hmm. And if they have their own business, it may be the one thing no man can take from them. Yeah. 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 And there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of strength in gaining that knowledge, right? I think that, you know, um, I, I work with women as well. And I think it's super impactful when you can come together and network together and really lift each other up. I don't believe in the competition thing. I don't, I don't even know who my competition is because I don't look. No, um, what I, I don't look either. At, yeah. Yeah. What I look at is I'm really good at looking at a person and pulling out the, the, the genius and wisdom within them. And I think that is such a powerful thing. And I, that's why I love what you do because you do, you do that too. You, you, you get them into that zone of genius and you know, they can't see it themselves. I know I didn't see it myself either. Right. I am 50. So midlife. Hey, Hey, there you are. Hello. Done arrived. Done arrived. Mm. Right. <laughs> But I've gone through the same thing, right? I went from medical. I was a medical assistant ultrasound for 15 years. Then, uh, you know, a chef and executive chef and director for the last like close to 15 years. And so, you know, I'm I'm doing that as well, where I'm like now helping women find their thing too, because I realize, you know what, um, we need each other. And one of the biggest things is really supporting someone and in, in realizing that what you're thinking isn't stupid. If you want to start a business, that's not stupid. If you want to do mm -hmm. something creatively um, different than somebody else is doing, that's amazing. And, yes. you know, we used to always think, oh, I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't do that. 
Right. right. Yeah. And, and yeah. I think it's, I think it's one of the gifts that can happen at midlife yeah. is that you realize, you know, Hey, halftime in the great big game of life. Yep. Do I want to play the second half the way I've yeah. played it up until now? Yeah. And, and maybe I'm stupid and incompetent and I'm not enough, just like I've been telling myself for fuck ever, but right. Right. maybe I can. And, and I think at that point, it's like, don't you at least want to try? Right. Right. And almost everybody right. so far exceeds their own expectations that it's, it's like, so oh, oh, this becomes habit for me. <laughs> I want to keep going. Yeah. yeah. So how was that for you, though? Because, you know, I, I, I want to ask you about the transition piece, right? Sure. Because I know that that's probably what some of the listeners are are thinking about right now. How in the world do I leave a job that maybe they have, you know, really risen in, right? So yes. um, a lot of like, I know that a lot of people that are listening are business owners, CEOs, big time leaders, right? Chief executive leaders and, and so on. So what was that moment for you? And how did that feel when you felt like, wow, wait, I think I've now um, out outgrown this part of my life or I'm at the end of this part. What was that like for you, that that moment of transition into maybe this is what I want to do is be a coach? I wish I could say it was a moment, Nina, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but it was a process. And it was right. a process that involved several things you might not expect. One, my own husband uh, said, so you're leaving the people that need you most. That was his initial. Mm. I had the entire therapist community that I was part of basically accuse me of going to the dark side because, you know, anybody can be a coach, but look at how much you have sacrificed and invested right. to become a therapist. Like what, what the hell are you right. thinking, Diane? I had the coaches who were totally giving me the side eye, like, what are you doing here? Right. So I really felt like I have to be really clear why I'm doing this and why yeah. I'm doing this now because nobody accepted me. Like I literally, I don't have therapist colleagues anymore. And most coaches are not real comfortable with me because of my background. So it forced me to, to get really, really clear. Well, why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. And and how I knew I was ready was a couple of things. One, I realized that I had was working with, and by that time in my therapy practice, I was working exclusively with midlife women. Mm -hmm. I came to the realization with several of my clients that while I felt the therapy had been beneficial to them, while they were healing from abuse, trauma, addiction, you know, childhood issues, loss, mm -hmm. after a time, it seemed like it had just been maintained as kind of what I call the paid friendship. And That's I started true. challenging my clients and I started thinking and, and keep in mind that when you're in private practice, you want your clients to keep coming. Right. That's your right. livelihood, right? Right. But here I was at some point thinking, okay, you've been making the pilgrimage to my office and sitting on my couch week after week, talking about the same thing. And here I am like a wrecking ball trying to get you to let the past go and move forward. Am I actually serving this person when they're just maintaining their functioning and mm. they're not leveling up. And so I started so challenging people yeah. harder. I started saying, you know, we've been talking about this for quite some time. Why don't we start thinking more about 
what you want to do next and about the future. And I noticed that there were many people who were really, really resisting that. And so I reached a point, Nina, where I was becoming a little bit impatient with some of my clients and the fact that they found a place where they felt they were healed enough. They were hanging out there. They were completely resistant to leveling mm -hmm, up, mm -hmm. going to the next stage or doing, asking anything more of themselves. And I started to notice an emotion that I had never experienced as a therapist before, resentment. I started feeling like I'm kind of feeling judgy towards some of these people mm -hmm. because, and let me be very clear. I, I make a big distinction between therapy and coaching. Therapy yes. is for insight and for healing. Yep. But many people, many, many people who either have good insurance or the means to pay out of pocket will keep on going. And it becomes, and this is one of the reasons why my therapist colleagues don't like me anymore. I'm going to say something. I think at some point, once they've, they are healed, there's a financial incentive for the therapist to keep them coming. Yeah. Yeah. And the person will often adopt this feeling that, well, I've gotten this far because of the therapy. If I stop coming, I'm probably going to tumble all oh, the right. way back down yep. the hill. And yep. some therapists will even imply that. Mm -hmm. I started thinking, okay, we've been doing this long enough. It's time for you to go. And, right. then, I, and then I realized, no, it's time for me to go. Right. It's right. time for me to go. Right. So I did. Yeah, there's the, the I, and I I totally understand what you're saying. I've known people, and I really have. I've known a few people actually who have been to therapy for like twenty years, twenty years. It's I like, know. I, I'm like 20, 20 years. <laughs> like, no, what no. Are you doing? And and <laughs> and honestly, I I had a colleague who was very proud of the fact um, that he had seen the same clients for anywhere between fifteen and twenty five years. I used to be a lot more verbally impulsive than I am now. I have ADHD, and I have learned how to Me manage too. it much better. But most entrepreneurs do, in my opinion. But he's he was proudly proclaiming how he'd been seeing the same therapy clients for up to 25 years. And before I could stop myself, I said, shame on you. Right. And of course, he was he was taken aback. And he said, and I said, do you mean to tell me none of them get better and don't need you anymore? Isn't that the whole point? Yeah. Yeah, well, and that's what that, my brain that didn't said. that yep. didn't go over well. Yep. But, but I really felt like facts. Being, it's being, facts. being in therapy indefinitely. Yeah, I think there comes a point where you have to try your wings. You can always go back, but if you mm -hmm. never try your wings, it's like dreaming about starting a business and then never actually starting one. Right. You never know until you try at that's anything. It. That's at it. Anything. That's it. I love it. So Diane, tell me now about what you are doing then. What is it that you're doing with these women or how do you like, uh, you know, like how, how's your onboarding process? What are you taking them through? Cause I know women are like, yes, yes, Diane. Yes. Preach, tell me about preach, it. baby. Okay. <laughs> so up until now for the last several years, Nina, I have been working exclusively one-on-one -on -one. and over the last few months, I have been putting together a group program. So I will Good. be, I, I'm going to be relaunching that early in the, the coming year. The people that are best suited to work with me and that I think I'm uniquely qualified to work with <clears throat> tend to be people who were real superstars in their corporate, nonprofit, or academic career. I mm -hmm. tend to work with really smart, highly educated women. Mm -hmm. um, I've worked with people with double PhDs medical doctors, attorneys. I've also worked with hairdressers and 
you know, all kinds of people who don't have any education at all. But the ones that I find most fascinating and I realize I can really be impactful with are the ones who have been indoctrinated into a professional identity, whether mm -hmm. they're a doctor, an attorney, a physical therapist, whatever they are. And they reach a point where they're like, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to start my own business. But their mindset, and I know you are really into mindset as well, mm -hmm. their mindset, their conditioning, their belief system is all rooted in that past career, which is yeah. there yeah. are approved of ways of doing things and you have to kind of toe the line. Like I'll give you an example for myself. This will make it very clear. When I was a therapist, I could not swear with my clients. My clients would never catch a glimpse of any of my tattoos. They right. would not know that I've been divorced a couple of times. I was a single parent with three kids for a decade. They will not know about the mental illness and alcoholism in my family. They will not right. know that I was adopted. So I had all this valuable life experience right here in the brain but that could never be shared yeah, because yeah. that is not the ethics of a professional therapeutic relationship. It's all about the client. Once I became a coach, it was like the brakes came off and now mm -hmm. I can say whatever I want. I mean, obviously, you know, it's not just self-indulgent. I, I share things for the purpose of helping people yeah. recognize themselves and think, wow, if she struggled with that, maybe I'm not such a freak, you know? Right. Um, right. So I feel like I, there's there's more access. But I like working with women who have made the leap or are in the process of, they're like they're queuing up to make the leap. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But they actually don't know how to be an entrepreneur. It is a skill set. It is. Most it importantly, is. one that depends on you completely transforming your relationship with failure. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and when mm -hmm. we're in corporate, nonprofit, academic, you do everything you can to avoid failure. That's but as right. an entrepreneur, you have to cultivate that shit. You have to <laughs> rush toward it instead of flee from it. And That's that so takes true. that That's usually so takes true. some it usually takes yep. guidance, support, and accountability in the form of a coach, a mentor, or a community. I think yep. the community part is important too. Yeah, yeah. That's why I'm glad you're building out the um, group coaching because that's going to build a beautiful community. I'm actually doing this, this something similar where I'm building out a coaching thing too because Dan, as you know, even being in therapy for so long, one-on-one -on -one takes a lot of time. Takes a lot of time. For, for both of you. For both. Yes, for both of you. Exactly. And sometimes just in the group coaching, in, in, even when I've been in group coaching with some of my um, coaches, I realize how much more I get out of it. It's richer because other people ask questions that I didn't think of, you yes. know, things like that. So it's actually a much better, I think, a much better way of, of coaching. So um, I'm glad you're doing that. Community is super important. So if someone is listening and is like, okay, I know that I'm ready for the leap and I want to work with Diane. How do they, do they, is there an onboarding? Do you have a free call? Like how do they mm -hmm. get in contact with you? How do they work with you? Well, some people are impulsive like I've always been and they hear me on your podcast. They jump over to my podcast, The Driven Woman Entrepreneur. They'll binge through a few episodes of that and then they'll be like, where's this woman been all my life? 
they nice. get they get a free <laughs> they get a free consultation. Well, listen, I have had so many people say, "You're who I want to be when I grow up." Yeah, when, no, when, I love take that. Me, when will you take me? And I do screen my clients. I, I honestly, you need I, to. You, you I turn to. I turn yeah. more people away than I accept yeah. because yeah. it's why Same. I pulled the plug on the launch of my new group program. Right. It's not that I didn't get enough signups. I didn't get enough of the right people, right, who were at the right place and would play well with the others. And that's really important to me because I came from a field that has a lot of integrity Mm -hmm. and that part I kept. So Mm -hmm. you can find me on the Driven Woman Entrepreneur podcast and you can binge through all of that. You can follow me on LinkedIn or Instagram at Coach Diane Wingert. You can take my quiz called What's Holding You Back. And you can sign up for a free consult if you are raring to go and think I might be the person to help you level up. Yeah. You know what? I'm hopping on that podcast because you are such a, (laughs) you're such a straight shooter. And I love that, right? I love finding women who are not afraid to speak the truth, who are not afraid to tell you what's up. I think that is just such a powerful thing to carry, right? I mean, I do respect women also who are a little bit softer, a little bit, I, I respect that I'm not that. I'm a little bit more energetic, a little bit more ADHD, a little bit more in your face. Mm-hmm. I just kind of, yep. I, I feel like I don't have the capacity to hold things in. So it just kind of comes out. And so eh, what are you going to do? I'm a straight talker. Well, pe- people, <laughs> and, and listen, they are duly warned because this is the name of your podcast. There's no sugar right. coating. You know, you know, it's funny though, on this topic, I'm, I, I'm really curious to know what your thoughts are on this, Nina. Mm-hmm. I know the ADHD plays a part, mm-hmm. right? I know the, my professional training and I've done a lot of public speaking. I know that plays a part too, but I'm curious if you think that the trauma that you and I both have in our history, that we survived, that we experienced post-traumatic growth as Mm -hmm. a result of, do you think that that plays a a significant part in how bold direct and powerful you are. See, I do too. Yeah. A hundred percent. Because when I was traumatized, not many people listened to me when I was younger, Mm -hmm. but I, I built up this resilience from within me where I was going to, I, and even as a little kid, I remember thinking strategically, like how I'm going to get out of this and how I won't be like this person and how I won't, you know, do this kind of thing. Yeah. I think it has a huge part to play in it. That's why I don't regret any of my past. I always think that is such a beautiful, I always said life is my best life coach. Because mm. it kicked my ass and showed me some lessons, right? But it also pushed me forward. And so I, yeah, I 100% agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. When people Beautiful. say, oh, I'm so sorry for what you've been through. And I say, I'm oh, no, not. no, no, yeah, uh, exactly. this, no. This life has been like build a bitch. Okay. And if, if I had, <laughs> if I have yes! not, if I have not been through everything I've been through, oh I gosh. would not be the person that you are impressed with right now. I know it. <laughs> I'm stealing that, Diane. <laughs> I am freaking stealing. I'm telling all of you guys now live, I am stealing that shit right there. Build a bitch. I love it. <laughs> that was awesome. That was such a, look, that was, that was one of these. That was a mic drop moment. There Let's we go. The bam. <laughs> you are so awesome, Diane. Thank you so much for being on Straight Talk. I so appreciate your time. Thank you.
Totally Thank by you. pleasure, Nina. Yeah. So cool, guys. <laughs> I know, right? She's amazing. I told you guys I find the best humans on the planet. Make sure that you follow Diane. I am going to link all of her information below so that you can work with her, go listen to her podcast, the whole thing. I'm heading over there myself, so I can't wait to listen to it. You guys are amazing. You're the best. Thank you for love and sharing and all that great stuff that you do. You take care of yourself. This is Nina Perez. Straight talk, no sugar added. Build a bitch. Until next time. <laughs> Hey guys, thank you so much for listening. You are the best, okay? I have the best podcasting community ever. I really do. And I appreciate you guys being on here. Make sure you go on to winject.com slash register, W-I-N-J-E-C-T dot com slash register and register for my free community because I want to be really um, connected with you and I want us to brainstorm and be with each other and connect in a deeper way. If you are looking for coaching, please make sure that you also email me at hello at straighttalknosugaredit.com. I work with women and I help them develop that business that they are envisioning in their hearts so that they can win. Thank you guys so much for being here. Love you, love you, love you. This is Dina Perez, Straight Talk, No Sugar Added. Until next time. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.